PSA. Words of wisdom. Don't put your ball sack in a toaster, kids. Wisdom Wednesday. Wisdom Wednesday. Con your pro tips. Con your pro tips. Do not put your dick in a retractable grinder. I don't know what a retractable grinder Never is. Never fuck but a fresh rotisserie chicken. They're too hot. Way too hot, dude. Yeah, wait. <laughs> you gotta wait 15 minutes at the least. Oh, God. At the least. happened literally overnight. The once fairly tranquil and mild world of Pasilius was reborn, reawakened, and reshaped, physically, socially, and politically. One hundred years ago, a meteor, or so they thought, struck the middle of the supercontinent Riffalum. The impact completely destroyed everything for easily 2,000 miles in any given direction, and the surrounding thousands of miles were shattered and split into islands and continents themselves, leaving in the dust an entirely new plane. The impact itself took out almost half of the entire population, and another percentage died weeks later due to the lasting effects of the damage. And after a few months, there would be talk and rumors of phenomenon that the populace around the site could not explain. People would disappear from their homes at night, sometimes mid-meal or even mid-conversation, just poof, gone. Ordinary, everyday objects would be reported floating in the streets, such as when Mrs. Jenkins documented her porch sconce once going out on a walk of its own, only to return hours later to have recruited her neighbor's sconces to burn her house down. Around two years after the impact, or ATI, known colloquially, people started to notice that some of the children being born had these strange new abilities. Some of them could focus their might within them to cast mighty fires and make objects levitate or even heal those around them. And as they grew up and honed their crafts, the world began to see mighty wielders of these peculiar powers. The denizens believed that the host, that's what they call the strange orb that now sits in the waters at the point of impact, is the reason behind all of this. The stretch of land that reaches around the coast of the regions surrounding the impact site has become known as the Belt of Peculiarities. For this seems to be where, on land at least, the levels of weirdness in the air are at their peak. Not a single ship has tread out into the Gulf of Impact since the last voyage that went out there was destroyed before it even made it a mile offshore. The site was uncanny, witnesses said. The waves grew to hundreds of feet in mere seconds. Tidal waves appeared just to destroy the ships and would settle once they were gone, as if the ocean had a mind of its own and could control its waters as if one controls their hands. And the further you get from the impact site, the more quote-unquote normal the reality around you seems to become. And this is where 75% of the plane's population stays and tries to forget about the never-ending war to defend their home. Although it is very tough to forget when the entire plane has been infested in one way or another by these peculiarities from the initial impact. But since the incident, there have been quite some changes to the local environment and populace. The biomes are much more drastic. Instead of even gradients, you can find barren deserts surrounded by lush jungles with no more than just a line of sand as the border. Streams and rivers flow upstream and downstream and sideways 
Creatures and animals have begun to mutate and crossbreed, creating hybrid animals that only the likes of your imagination could comprehend. The general populace was more apt to take on nomadic lifestyles, if not forced to. With their homes destroyed, folks were uprooted and had to look elsewhere for a place to lay their heads. Whether that be from collateral damage from the impact, or from the strange new events that are believed to be caused by the host. More groups took to the likes of raiding and becoming bandits with hopes that the apocalypse would save them from ever being caught. Others saw an opportunity to just hit the road and see what this strange new world had to offer. There are those who try to act like nothing ever happened, and there are those who have changed their whole belief system to now worshipping the almighty host hidden in the debris cloud that surrounds Half Moon Island. The braver ones, however, have stayed closer to the coast and have begun to band together to form their own guilds and allegiances against the enemy. Braver still are the people who have managed to set up civilized and stable settlements throughout the band of peculiarities. Recently, though, there has been a rumor surrounding these more war-charged towns and villages that there is a secret service that handpicks its members ever so diligently. They are said to be leading the fight against the host and have the most talented warriors the world has ever seen. Their members are said to be all over the plain, not just along the coast, aiding in dealings with the peculiar and anything else that may be considered strange and or threatening. Although never proven true, and only going off of secondhand sightings, it seems that most everybody believes in these rumors and holds out hope that those who have talent will prove to be the saviors that this world needs. I'm gonna okay. So I don't know if I want to just like start. We're we're gonna go over. Let's let's get a character overview from both of you. Start with Jared, and uh, yeah. What's what 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 the what the hell are you? Well, <laughs> I I am Sir Rorick. All right. Um, my family, my family was ruined by the event, and the event being the meteor. Yes, the, the impact, host, the host, all of that. Our lands were lost. Our house destitute. How old were you when the, the meteor hit? I was not yet born. Oh, okay. And my father, being a noble, he wasn't good at many manual things, but he knew how to swing a sword and he knew how to lead. And he helped the first bands sort of tame the wastes and tame, you know, this, this chaotic aftermath. And when I was born, I was different. I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. I have powers. And those powers make me a better warrior, a better combatant, and just... I am the new generation of fighter in this world. And All right. I will not stop until everyone understands that and my family's legacy is restored, uplifted. I will go down in the history books. Okay, I like that. I like that a lot. So just for, in case anybody skipped uh, yesterday, yester weeks, yester last is episode. Um, what are are you? What's your alignment? Because <clears throat> so, I don't, that don't sound too friendly. I'm like a neutral evil, lawful evil. I'm kind of teetering between the two. Okay, just um, just just fuck you, bow to me. Yes. If you're not, you know, I won't just slaughter, you know, people wantonly. Um, but if you're, if you're a warrior, if you get paid to put your life on the line and to fight, well, I'm gonna make sure you're good at your job. 
And if you're not, I will kill you, and you were just weaker. That's the way things are. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. All the right, strong and rule of the week in this world shows that. This is going to create some fun friction between Connor, who is... Uh, Dragonborn, Paladin, Warlock. So we've got both of y'all in multi-class, and yeah? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Uh, I'm um, an Eldritch Knight right now. Eldritch, okay, just straight, right? Yeah, You're just not straight in, fighter. Okay. Um, yeah, um, my name is Shrek Glitterscale. Oh, yeah, hold on. Before you go on, Jared, what's your name? Sir Rorick. Of the wastes, I, I'm uh, Shrek Glitterscale. I'm a Amethyst Dragonborn, and uh, I'm a I'm not yet, but shooting to be Conquest Paladin. Like uh, that's the order that I came from, so that's what I'm going to follow into, kind of. Um, and uh, I worship the uh, Prince of Hell, Asmodeus, the the Lord of the Ninth Layer of Hell and all layers above. Um, and I basically just love conquesting shit. Uh, I have on my arm tattooed the tenets of conquest, which are douse the flame of hope, rule with an iron fist and strength above all. Uh, I kind of don't really take bullshit. <laughs> no bullshit kind of attitude. Yeah, I'm a no bullshit kind of dragonborn. Uh, I was 80 years old. We're kind of homebrewing the age of dragonborns. I think. Yeah, for this. dragons are dragonborns are going to be 300. Uh, so I'm 300. I'm uh, I was 80 when the blast went off, the meteor, and now I'm 180 because it's been 100 years, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm a I'm a 180 year old dragonborn that lost his order because the leader of his order disappeared after the uh, event, and. Uh, and we're, I, we're gonna leave, we're gonna leave a yeah. time gap in there for now. Yeah, That's, it wasn't like right as the meteor hit, right? Yeah, it was no, it wasn't after. right after okay, the meteor cool, hit. Cool. Like my, I wanna... my order wasn't affected by the meteor until people started disappearing. Okay, and that was soon. That was a couple months after. So yeah, yeah, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I think that's it. I'm a uh, yeah. I'm I'm just a nice little dragonborn palette. Not really nice. I'm not nice at all. Actually, I'm lawful evil. <laughs> I'm an evil little dragonborn. Evil little boy. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it, though. All right. We start with the flash of a spotlight. Oh, fuck. You are restrained in metal chairs via metal cuffs that lock around your arms and legs. uh, That wrap around your arms and legs. Excuse me. (laughs) Don't know why that was so weird for coming out. You are seated in a 15 by 15 concrete room. And on the wall in front of you, you find a mirror, but there's something inside of you that feels like you are being watched. And with the spotlight shining brightly into your eyes, you hear a deep, booming voice from behind the light. Well, what do you have to say for yourselves? And as your vision begins to refocus, you can see in front of you, behind the lamp, is a very tall, very burly, broad-shouldered man. He is balding with a red mustache. And for a human, he sure is very big. He wears a yellow uniform and a badge on his hip representing his role in the local force. The two of you are seated against the wall, uh, like opposite him, obviously, uh, against a metal table as well, like an interrogation room. Just imagine an interrogation room because that's where you're at. (laughs) (laughs) The man begins to kind of pace back and forth um, to the edges of the table and back. Uh, and he he very impatiently asks or, or says, in broad daylight, no less. And I just want to take this time as there's this pause in this moment, and I want to ask you how 
your characters, how do you think your character could have ended up in a situation like this? I'm not asking how they did, but in your character's mind, as you're kind of, because I'm going to say right now, you don't really re- like remember off the, your natural reaction right now is kind of like what your character's reaction is. You're just kind of thrown into this. You don't really remember. Um, you know, pull the whole amnesia thing. That's fun. <laughs> so I want to ask you like how you think you could have ended up here. Uh, and we'll start with Connor because we started with Jared last time. Um, I think Shrek isn't really that surprised. It's very natural for him to be somewhere like this. Well, people don't really enjoy the things that he does. Not to say he's a murder hobo, but he kind of goes around, uh, you know, like dousing the flame of hope and ruling with an iron fist. And sometimes that gets him a little uh, hate from the from the haters dog <laughs> the hater squad so he's 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 kind of just like whatever i'm gonna fucking kill you anyway in a couple minutes like so yeah shrek i'm not gonna say shit yeah yeah he's not surprised he knows that somewhere along the line he was this was in the cards for him and he just happened to draw it today yeah okay cool 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 cool, cool. what about you mr rorick um i'm a bit surprised not gonna lie i've I haven't really encountered too many situations that I lost in. Um, so I'm, I'm a little confused, but, you know, kind of similar to Connor. You know, when you live this lifestyle, you can't expect not to have, you know, the consequences eventually. Um, but consequences be damned. Uh, you know, I, I probably, yeah, I probably killed someone. Oh boy, I just love killing. So, okay, yeah, the second part of this was, uh, or if they could at all on a normal day, um, and considering the fact that both of you are evil, very proudly evil, um, very, okay, absolutely, uh, and as the this big man kind of keeps pacing as you guys are thinking this to yourselves, he says, do you, he, he actually, he, he puts his hands down, he stops pacing and puts his hands down, he puts his face kind of in between the two of you, he says, do you know how many people were killed? Oh, I'm supposed to know? Seven. Seven. Well, that's pretty low. Innocent better. People. He looks at you with this, like these dagger eyes, like this. If you say something like that again, there's not a law that's going to protect you from the things that I'm going to do to you, kind of thing. He says, they were slaughtered because of your axe at the bank today. They were guards. So that kind of leads me into the next thing. I want to ask. And you guys kind of answered it previously, but I would like, if you can, a little more detail. Um, Are you capable of taking an innocent life? Like, we can all take somebody's life in a fight-or-flight situation. You know, it's D&D, whatever. But if, say, for example, you know, Shrek, you're hired, or Rorik, um, you know, it's part of the principle, you know, that you're trying to, or that you're trying to set for whomever, would you, could you kill an innocent thing? more so in uh, a, a humanoid, a cr- person for the sake of it or what have for you. For the sake of it? Like, could you, like, I guess I'll period end all. Can you kill an innocent person? Would you, could you kind of thing? I don't think Shrek would necessarily go out of his way to kill an innocent person because he believes in the laws and balance. He just likes bending them to his way. So I don't think he would go out of his way to necessarily kill somebody. Maybe he would take a job if he was out of money to kill somebody, but that's about as low as it would go, I think. Like he he he's not just going to without 
thinking about his life as a paladin ignore the the lawfulness of just going out and murdering okay no i like that yeah absolutely so it, it's not it's not a definitely a willy-nilly thing that he shrek wants to know why he definitely can and he will but, but he doesn't uh, really want to that would kind like, of go against his moral yeah code a little like, bit. sweet yeah like they had to have done something to deserve this yeah there needs to be yeah. a reason absolutely rorick rorick's like nah i'd fucking kill kids all day bro i uh, love me killing no <laughs> Hey Rorick, man, he's neutral. I'm lawful. Yeah, right. Rorik will not kill someone unarmed. I I am a noble, and I have a code such as that. Uh, I so, am. So you kind of you follow the, and, the knight I am code first light. and foremost what a knight a and a gentleman. <laughs> and no, I will only kill an armed enemy. There's no sport. There's no improvement. There's no test of slaughtering just an unarmed innocent. And you know. I believe that strength rules, but it's not strong to kill an unarmed enemy. That's not... It's beneath you. Again, kind of uh, against your moral standing. Right. I, I will okay. kill a guard because they've chosen to pick up a to weapon defend and make what that they, their life. Correct, right. Like that, They <laughs> are choosing that. An innocent has not chosen that. Okay. Very, very much the same. I, I feel you. What's the line? You don't need a weapon to subjugate the weak. You just need words. And that that explains your tattoos, your tattoos. I like that. Oh, I like that very much. So the the man kind of takes a break from being all up in your fucking business, and he stands very menacingly at the uh, other ed- end of the table, <clears throat> and he says, "Who do you work for? Because there's no regular people that could access the tools that you had to get in there. That's that's master level craftsmanship." Those vaults were unbreakable. Yet, there you were. Nothing's really unbreakable. It just takes a little bit more effort. I la- I, I, I highly doubt that. And as you guys are kind of having this exchange, uh, will you guys roll a perception check for me? Uh, perception? Yes. Great. I've got an 11. Five. Oof. Okay. So actually Shrek, you don't notice this. You're kind of, you're more involved in the conversation than you are with the world around you at this point. But Rorik in this beat where the, uh, the, this cop isn't necessarily barking down your throat. You see, uh, this smoky, blacky, inky, like cloud kind of maneuver its way underneath the door. That's to the right of the mirror that leads out of this room on the opposite end, you know, about 10 feet away from you. Uh, and it begins to take this like almost like small cloud like shape. And you know, as like when you drop a pebble into water, the water kind of like bloop up, you know, and yeah, you know, the little string that comes up in the, the initial, I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying anymore, but just imagine, imagine with me the word the soup, the bloop, you know, uh, and that kind of formation happens, but instead of it just kind of falling back down into nothingness, a, a figure takes place. It's this hooded figure and that's just very, very hard to see. So it's hard to make, you know, it looks like it's out of the corner of your eye, even though you're looking dead at it and you can see that it takes its hand or what the shape of a hand to its hood. And kind of makes like a shh kind of motion, right? There's no noise. There's no nothing. But it obviously doesn't want you to let this cop know that it's there. 
And this cop, uh, you know, he t- the man takes a break away from Connor and looks at you, Rorik, and then again back at you. So he's addressing the both of you, and he says, at least tell us where you stashed the money. When, you, when we retained you, you had clouds in your eyes. Like, you didn't seem to know where you were. Like, maybe you set off your own trap. I'd like to uh, kind of let my eyes glaze over a little bit, and I'd like to mumble quietly so he has to lean in. Okay, so he, he like takes a step, he takes one small step forward, like half, half a step, and he says, what? We, we broke into the, the vault. We he slams his hands down on the table and gets like an inch away from your nose, and he says, speak up, lad, you're talking to authority. I want to bite his nose as hard as I can. Oh my god, okay. Should I do roll to hit, or should I do... Like a dex. I'm going to say dex because you're not really like hitting anybody. Give me a dex save. I'm going to do a dex contest. See if he can back out of the way. Dex. Okay. All right. I can do dex. Because you're trying to get it quick, right? You know, if you see somebody lunging at your face, you're going to back up real quick. No, yeah, that's fair. That's a dirty, stinky, non-nat 20. Oh my, no way. Hell yes. Hell yes. Uh, Roll me a d4. On a four, is his nose gone? I got a four. Oh! <laughs> okay. So, holy oh shit. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, no, so, fuck, yeah, you you bite, I don't want to say his whole nose, because that's not real, but you bite so hard that, like, the, you know, where, like, the bulb of the nose right above the nostrils, and then a little bit into that cartilage just comes off as he rips away from your teeth, and he's screaming bloody murder, um, and just, ah, and doesn't really know what to do with himself, his hand is covering his face, uh, and he's, you fucking monsters! How dare ya? And can I get another perception check? For both of us? Yes. This time, I have the seven. <laughs> Guess what? What? Seven. <laughs> okay, so... All of the sudden, you you see the 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 cop, the man, whatever you want to call him. Uh, there's just blood pouring out of his hands as he's covering his mouth. And then you see the, the door open... And then just as if it were tied with like a thousand rubber bands, it slams shut with such force and such like energy that the, the, you can see like the, the mirror kind of shake and wobble. And as soon as this happens, the man turns around to see what's going on and your cuffs release. So we're released now? Yes. Uh, we don't have you are basi- any of our stuff, right? You're basically in like... Cloth yeah, I, ma- I imagine we're just in like a yeah. prisoner uniform. Yeah, I, I am an Eldridge Knight, so I am going to summon my greatsword. Okay, um, right off the bat. Is that a bonus action? Uh, yes. Okay, so, so we're going to start with Jared. Can we have like a surprise kind of? That's what I'm doing. Yeah, okay, so okay, y'all okay. two are so going to get you start, and I'll think of what I'm doing. Cool. So yeah, Jared, you have summoned your... Is it What, what is it? It's a two-handed greatsword, right? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, just your basic no frills. I've is had there, it for a is while. Is there like a cool seems... way that you do it? Like... Can I get a little taste of that? Or do you want, like, we don't have to if you don't want that. Yeah. Like, um, how does that happen? I go to, like, make the hit, and it appears in my hands. Like, as you're mid-swing. swinging down. Oh, that yes. is, that's cool as fuck. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, And it, it's going to be a booming blade attack that I'm doing. All right, well, let's see it. Roll the hit. I've got a 13. <laughs> you hit. Excellent. Um, so it's going to be it's gonna be 2d6 damage from the greatsword, and then uh, 1d8 if he moves. Uh, that's a six and a three, so nine damage. Jesus. Okay, where did you want to plant this attack? Well, he he was turned around, like looking at that door, right? For yeah, for this split second. So I'd like to imagine, like as soon as it slams, he turns around. You guys feel the metal release, and you're already over the table, swinging over your head to summon this great sword. 
Is, or so not is over he, your head. Is, is, is this hit going to kill him, or is it just doing damage? Uh, it's going to do a lot of damage. Uh, in that case, I'd just like him to be to be looking, and then suddenly, just he feels this deep, you know, like almost like a you know line across his back. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's you get like almost underneath like his like second or third set of ribs towards the middle of his back, I guess, uh, and just like a just a lumberjack swing it at a tree, just get a couple inches deep in there, and then just pull away, and you hear him scream as he kind of like drops to the ground not necessarily prone but kind of like on his knees a little bit uh and connor what does this room look like again so you can it's like a 15 by 15 square ish room okay okay and in the uh i guess like where you're at you're at a table against uh the wall it's and, basically uh, like some tables and chairs and a lamp and, then and that's the only across thing in the room. room and diagonally is the door and then just straight across the room from you is the mirror is he in front of the mirror uh he is a like diagonal right about seven feet in front of the table like from where you're sitting i'm imagining you're sitting on Can the I left get, like respectively in, and so jared's i want to get to where i'm like he, uh he like behind him is the mirror. glass or mirror or whatever the uh, it's it not directly behind him right but he's in front of it respect- yeah i want to use my movement to get to where he is like, I want to okay, use okay. my Eldritch Blast, cool. which has the pushing effect, oh, and, and I want to push, push him, him through, through the. Okay, cool. So you're trying to get an angle, like pull. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, I'm gonna pull. try and get an angle and try and sh- like blast him through it. Uh, and my attack modifier is plus six. You're level three. Yeah, you, dude. We can go back and listen no, to I my know, rolls. I know, I know. You're, They're you're, godly. Yeah, that's right. I forgot you started with my nothing. lowest stat is like a twelve. Is 12. Yeah. I did that in front of you yeah, this time. I know. Okay? I watched all of them. I'm upset about it. My charisma is shit, but everything else is fine. <clears throat> I got an 18 plus 6, so 24. Yeah! Yeah, you hit yeah. yeah, you hit the first person you've ever encountered in this game with a 24. Congratulations. <clears throat> what can I say? Uh, yeah, so it takes... It I did, uh, five points of damage, yeah, and he's blasted 10 feet away from me, so, like, towards the... So, okay, how I want to see this just kind of played out is, like, Jared comes over, he swings the shit out of it, and he kind of keels over, and then you, like, he's like you move the chairs out of the way, and you're just like, hey, butthead, or what the fuck ever you Yeah, I, say. like, grab the table, and I just throw it across the room, and I, like, move to the, like, the left edge of it. Yeah, and he turns to look at you, and then you just fucking, bam, right there in and the chest. And as I raise my left arm... One of the tattoos on my left arm starts glowing. glowing. And it just shoots the lightning. That's, yeah, that's cool. I like that. So, yeah, it hits him in the chest. And you can tell, I mean, because you've used this before. I mean, I'm going to say you guys have been level three for a while. Like, that's a good point for uh, adventurers like you who haven't really been too far to be, I think. Yeah. Um, so you've had these powers maybe for a little bit. You're not like fresh level threes, we'll say. And so, you, I mean, you've, you've seen this stuff in motion before, and you can tell that he's dead before he, his feet are even off the ground as the bolt lifts him, and he just travels through the glass as if it were made of, you know, fucking tissue paper, um, and just shards of, you know, two-way paint glass kind of fall out into the hallway that is behind it. Uh, yeah, kill. And, and uh, yeah, he's dead. He's big dead. Big old, big old dead boy. I'm gonna do this. You can count that one, but uh, oh, God. I definitely, I'm counting kills in this game. I definitely loosened it up for you. He definitely did loosen that I up mean, for he, you. He definitely did. Yeah, dude, doesn't matter. Was kill count. With that D4. So yeah, dude, I D4, stole the kill. Did, like, fucking... I did 11 damage to the man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I blew him through a fucking window. You have to understand. Yeah, you had the we just part. Uh... We just slaughtered our captor in six seconds. Nobody yeah. said he was your captor. Uh, I go and I check the door 
Uh, the door leads out into the same hallway that the window does. Okay. Cool. Are you guys both out there? Yeah. Sweet. Can I, uh, like, search the dude and see if he has, like, anything on him, like an ID badge or something like that? He has, weirdly, he has nothing. And there's no, like, insignia on the clothing, nothing? There's the badge that he has on his hip. It does it just have his name and like a so it's, sig- it's got insignia? It's, it's got a it's got like a weird symbol on it. You can roll history for it if you want. Okay, I will be. I will do that. Uh, I rolled a twenty one. So okay, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna kind of like let you peek through the veil a little bit with that. So you sick, like, how do I say this? You want your brain wants to remember it. So, I mean, it's trying to put everything it possibly can as the answer to this riddle. So you're thinking like, oh, it's that. No. Oh, it's that. No. Oh, yeah, it's that. No. Oh, it's that. No. And it's, it's you're just creating this weird, like, euphoric, like, un- unable to put your finger on quite anything. You know, like, can- he was saying something about a bank, and you can, like, maybe remember a bank and you being in one, but, like, uh, sure, I guess. You know, it's like you were almost blackout drunk, and you have those, like, snapshot memories, right? But, you you know, you weren't blackout drunk. Um. Okay, I don't think this is going to do anything, but I have it, and it's a free thing I can do, I'm pretty sure. Um, I want to use divine sense. Something. It's, it's definitely not a spell, but with your twenty-one in your history, you like this is real, but this ain't real, right? Like I don't, and that's I don't want to I don't want to put that right in front of you in front of the character. So I mean, this is weird. Okay. This this whole thing is weird. Not being able to remember coming here or why you're here or who is here or any of the stuff he was talking about right and it's just yeah. it's it's all weird the foggy eyes right okay the short lines excuse me the short hallway is lined with limestone walls and concrete floors it is pretty well lit with sconces every like 10 feet or so or what the fuck ever you want to imagine a well that hallway looks like <clears throat> and right in front of the door to the right where the end of the hallway is you can see that there are two wooden mannequins with all of your gear just on them just dressed as if they were you. Yeah, I don't even hesitate. Uh, wait, is my is my thingy there? Your scabbard? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's your I... that's your fucking thing. That's your whole thing. Yeah, I was like, did they... uh, I, I have to ask? Yeah. It's my one thing. Um, I yeah, I, I undress and put my chainmail on and my weapons and my shield. Go. Cool. I mean, we all know it takes like ten minutes to don and doff your arm. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> fucking cares. Yeah, While you guys are doing that, you're ambushed. Right, you actually die six times. <laughs> and you can see, I mean, once you're done, you kind of like take more observance of your surroundings, I guess. And you can see that there's, at the end of the hallway, a rather out-of-place looking door. Uh, it is just huge. It's huge for no reason. Like, this, this interrogation room door is a normal door, and then these doors are like palace doors, like 20 feet respectively per door. It's a huge arch, and they like swing out, and they like, it looks just absolutely beautiful but 100% out of place as well I, I mean that's that's what you see that's what you got um, oh and I guess so from a distance it looks like it, weirdly enough it looks like the doors have like Swiss cheese holes in them and the holes themselves don't look to go anywhere it's just black darkness behind the the hole it's not like a hole straight through or anything but it does 
look like they have like Swiss cheese. Can I investigate it? Not from twenty five feet away. Well, yeah. You want to walk? Start walking up to it. Yeah. Cool. Cool. You die. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, motherfucker. You can see that this door is a very dark wood, and these holes spread along the face of these doors are like harder to see because of it. They're almost kind of blending in. But when you do see them, and as you're coming closer, these holes kind of look almost big enough for your arm to fit through, but definitely nothing more. It's just just kind of like that size, like a rat hole. And as you approach, you're taking this whole thing in, and you can see that above uh, the doorway is written in gold, like runic letters. Reach in and think of what you hold dearest. And I don't know if you guys remember, but Earlier, I asked you to tell me pretty much exactly that, so I could do exactly this. Who wants to? Who wants to do stuff? Who wants to go first? I'm gonna shove my hand as deep as I can in that hole, oh, baby. Yeah, I more or less railroaded you into that. I'm sorry, but you know, fucking do it. <laughs> fucking do it. Hell yeah. Okay. It's the first session. So you close your eyes and um, you feel this like like circular disc kind of enter your palm. It's a little weighty. It's pretty heavy. Um, but you can feel that there's like a smooth, cold metal that kind of is the band around it. And then there's like more rough rocks in the middle. But before, I guess before that happens, what what do you think of? Um, I'm supposed to think of like the thing I hold dearest, right? Right. And that's, we know it's the, 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 the scabbard or whatever, but uh, like beyond that, it can be more of like an idea or... I, I think of the scabbard and how it's like a bestowed item to me by my God in a sense and how more so like the reasoning, like why he gave this to me is to like be his champion, conquer this room for him. Like be, yeah. To, to just subjugate in the name of my Lord basically is, Mm -hmm. is, is the idea. Okay. And this is the tool that enables me to do that. Okay. So, See, <laughs> when I wrote this, what you said was more so like on the balance side of things, on like where you stood between like evil and good, kind of, yeah. and where it wasn't necessarily like you're just being evil to be evil, but you wanted to like keep that balance and stuff. Yeah. Um. So when you pull your hand out, you can kind of you feel the whole like release around your arm, so it could be big enough for you to actually pull this thing out. And what you see is a a yin yang, and it's like a. Uh, almost like a paperweight, right? You know, like it's kind of like that size and that weight. Um, But it's got this beautiful golden band around it and it's an amethyst obsidian, you know, purple and black kind of yin-yang. That's just... Oh my God, it matches. It's a plus one to your spell focus stuff. Uh, For spell focus... Wait. So you get like a... I think it's a plus... You get a plus one to hit. DC or is it attack mod for spell? It'll be a plus to your attack. Okay. Plus one to your attack for spells. So if you're like Witch Bolt and shit like that, it can be a focus. I put that in my butt. All right, Rorik. <laughs> you, you, you follow and lead? You put in your hand to this butthole door? Yeah. I'd like to walk up to it, um, put my hand in, and can you repeat to me what it says over the door exactly? Reach in and think of what you hold dearest. I'd like to reach in, and I'd like to think of my sword. And I'd like to like close my hand and like summon my sword in there. Okay. 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 Interesting. I like. I like. Can I get? Can I get why on why you think? Why do you think of your sword? Because you summon it, right? It's not like a material thing. 
Right. What what a okay, what behind the sword? Like you said earlier, your father held a sword. Does that have something to do with it or it's not so much the sword. I'm okay. Maybe I, I like physically summoning it isn't how I'm intending it, but like that's what I'm thinking on. You know, that is the life my father was pushed into, and that is the life I will have to lead in order to restore our greatness. And okay. that is what keeps me going every day. Okay, so actually what I think would be cool would be you actually, like, you you don't necessarily mean to, but you kind of, like, you go through the motion, uh, at least, like, in your, your brain and in your hand of summoning a sword. Um, at least, like, you think you do, because you definitely feel a hilt. And you definitely feel a heavy, very smooth, very solid hilt fill your hand. I'd like to pull my arm out of the hole, awesome. ripping it as and tightly as I can. The hole very much does the same thing for you. Uh, it, it spreads out like a gaping asshole, so you can allow your hand to run free. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. You're horrible. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so the hole releases your arm, and you you see it. it is a hilt, and as a matter of fact, and it begins with this black onyx polished stone. It's very dark, like onyx. And like this, like bright silver, like nickel kind of speckling in it uh, to kind of give it some reflection in the light. And as you get to the guard, um, that is also like an onyx, kind of very well built and sturdy itself. Um, in the heart of that, like the hilt and the guard, you can see that it is your family's crest in bright gold just stamped in there. And as you finish pulling the blade out, you can see that it is a black steel blade. And in the metal itself, if you take a closer look, it almost looks like it has hairline cracks in it, but it's not hairline cracks. You can very much tell that they're supposed to be there. And it looks like as if, you know, how when people take lightning to wood, it kind of travels and creates those, you know, those cool patterns. It's almost something like that, as if it were a vein system to allow power to go through that's awesome this is sick i am so, pleased <laughs> so there you go uh you guys start at level three and you start with some cool shit yay magic items yay, yay magic, magic items, items. all righty uh and as soon as you both pull your uh hands out and kind of uh, appreciate the items given to you the doors swing open opposite of you so you don't get squished uh and reveal the next room Behind the door, we just shoved our hands into. Mm-hmm. I thought there was we couldn't see anything. Uh, it op- the door's open. There's not like a little table with like a oh, it's like a sword <laughs> like shaped a case on it. On it. A, <laughs> just a folding table and an intern. <laughs> it's just it's, a folding table you know and a dude like, in like a suit and slacks, and he's just like, oh, I just work here. Uh, <laughs> you guys weren't supposed to come in here. Oh shit. <laughs> oh fuck! Did they put hacks in? Oh god! Is there an employees only door? Where's the fire exit sign? The next room, like, it it takes a hard turn. You know, the last two rooms have been very, like, stony and, like, straightforward. Like, this is kind of a dungeon kind of feel. This next room is very much the opposite. It's very mossy and overgrown. It's very humid. It's got its own, like, Floridian environment, you know? Like, old people would come here to die, willingly. Sorry, that was a little Florida joke. Because it's God's waiting room. There's just a lot of old people in Florida, man. I don't know. I know it's... I've been. 
Okay. <clears throat> anyway, my family's from there. I'm allowed to say those things. Dude, it, it, you don't have to justify it with that. Like, people have eyes. <laughs> they some people just... have been to Florida. Even fewer have returned, but <laughs> they, they know. It's those bath salts, man. They'll fucking get you. <laughs> You can see that these floors are made up of like this, the, like the same kind of moss, but it's more dirt, you know, and it's it, like the shit that would be underneath what they would put the cobbled stone on. Right. Um, and you can see that there's, there's plant life and shit that's kind of growing in here. And it seems to be this bioluminescent kind of twinkles in the, the torch light from the hallway, but in and of itself, it creates its own natural light for the room. So you don't really need a torch to be in here. You know what I mean? It's not lit by man-made items, but the bioluminescence of the moss and the ferns and all the things growing in here kind of create this dim light that you can see in. Uh, Jared, you're a human, right? Yes. You can see. So Excellent. just to, just to put that out there, you can, it's a, you know, things could hide in the corners from you or whatever, but no, you can fucking see. Can so. I wrap my like sword in some on. of this moss? Do what? Can I wrap some of this moss around my blade and hold it in front of me? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's not. It's not a great flashlight. You know, it's not going to out illuminate the other plants you're putting it next to. You know, but if you like put it up in a dark corner, you, it'll help you see a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't really need to. But if you'd like to, absolutely, go ahead and put some fucking dirt on that brand new black steel blade. No, I gave there's you. no, fucking... there's no dirt. I'm just wrapping the moss. Yeah, it's just moss. That's mostly dirt. Anyway. <laughs> You're like, I just gave you that fucking item. The moss, God. It, it, like, it twink. Whenever you go to grab it, 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 like, it almost twinkles happily at you as if it, like, likes, yeah. <laughs> likes being touched. You oh, know, yeah. it's, it's not, oh, baby. Fuck. You know, but it's like, it reacts to just you some touching moss. it. <laughs> as you let go of it, it kind of, so, yeah, it kind of, not, not darkens, you know, it doesn't go out, but it goes back to its regular light. So it reacts to you kind of walking on it and brushing up against the plants and stuff like that. Whoa, dude, it, it responds to electromagnetic fields in my body, man. Whoa. Can I tap it in a cool little dude. beat? Um, so you, <laughs> no, it's magic. You, As you guys are kind of like checking out the moss and these plants and stuff like that, you hear the big doors behind you shut. You can see that those two big doors have turned into one just small wooden door. Is there another exit to the room? There is. So it happens to be right behind a very large mushroom cap. I don't trust like that. Oh, you definitely shouldn't because as you guys notice it... God damn it. <laughs> he it, didn't even let us trust it. It more or less <laughs> notices you and you can see it begins to move and rumble and begin to remove itself from the earth. And this mushroom cap is not just a mushroom cap. It is a cap in and of itself for the head of a mushroom golem that is crawling out of the dirt. Roll initiative. I got an 18. Got a 17. Uh, Rorik, you're up. Ooh, okay. This creature uh, uh, is now blocking the door. Um, it stands probably a good 15 feet tall. The Almost touching the roof, I would say. You is it large? Got, uh, is it like a large creature? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was... Taken up two, 10 by 10? Yeah. Well, not 10 by 10. I mean... Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah, you would you call it. You can play it however you want. No, I that's, a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, it'd be large. It'd be like, it takes up a good amount of space when it stands up. You know, okay. this 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 mushroom cap would have been big enough for both of you and then something this is to a, sit on. This is a golem, right? It's not like made of stone, but I called it yeah. a, it's a mushroom golem, yeah. Yeah, so cool idea. This, this mushroom, um, I'm going to cast a chromatic orb. So I'm going to hold my hand out in front of me. And almost from those those veins on the weapon, like fire appears in my hand, 
like it like leeches over into my hand and like in little tornadoes and I just hurl that orb at this mushroom guy um, and I'm gonna roll to hit okay so you, you you use the sword as your spell focus right hey we don't start with inspiration points this campaign do we no you gotta make me fucking wet if you want an inspiration point bud Damn, you know well. how we okay so that's actually a good point we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna talk about how donovan uses inspiration points and it kind of will make you understand how he dms this whole kit and caboodle tool uh two not tool um we play by the rule of cool here in this fun happy land of donovan's campaigns um and like my inspiration points are like lore tickets almost like they are take over a scene they are like make an outcome happen the way you want it to happen because you wanted it to happen that way. Like inspiration points kind of take the game out of my hand and put it into your hands for that given amount, you know, until that specific until I moment, say, until I say otherwise. Right. And for that specific moment and or action or whatever, um, they are, I don't want to say hard to come by, but they are much harder to come by than, you know, regular D and D inspiration. You got to do more than just make me laugh. Like I want to see, like, I want to see your brain moving. and Big brain moves. Big brain moves are good for, you know, uh, inspiration points because it's like, okay, like you slap thought... slap a butt, thunderclap. <laughs> you thought really hard about my game for that moment. You should be able to not think so hard for another moment. And I'm going to let you have this moment because you deserve it. And we're building the story together. So, yes, inspiration points are like lore tickets slash rule of cool moments um, that let you become a crazy god if you truly want to. But you know, all of my players understand that there is a, a limit to that. So we'll see how that goes. But no, you do not start with an inspiration point. Cool. Well, in that case, I got a nine to hit. No. All right, Rorik, what you doing? Or excuse me, Shrek. I just like, you, you like, you go up to, to, to hit it and it just like bounces off. Kind of like put its hand out and caught it. Yeah, that, that's a better way to say like it. it. It's hands a little crispy, but no damage. It just kind of like throws it to the ground as it screams. <laughs> Wait, the mushroom screamed? I don't like that. Mm -hmm. That's unpleasant. What if they did that? What did you like, think it was just this silent, ominous thing just staring at you? Well, like, it's yeah. something, you know? How close am I to it? You're... Within movement? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna... This whole room is your movement, basically. I'm gonna run up to it, and I'm gonna attack it with Booming Blade. That that misses. Okay. It was a three. So I'm gonna, as you come down for the, where'd you like? I'm gonna say you like you were going for the shin. As you come down, it kind of just like folds over like a half fold and slams the cap on the ground, and you just like it uh, again. It kind of just like dings off like the top of the mushroom is like rocky. like a shield. Yeah, it's like super hard leather, kind of just unpenetrable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, not un not literally, but just kind of like not as easily as the rest of the soft body of the mushroom. Um, and you can see that the the spots, it's like a, a dark red with bright yellow spots on the top. They begin to glow. And in just a matter of a split second, they just, they explode, but not with light. They explode with like puff. Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? What are... Spores. spores. Thank you. Yeah, it explodes with uh, spores. And I need both of you to roll me a constitution saving throw. Do you consider this an attack? It is uh, you throwing a constitution saving throw. <laughs> 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 he looks so sad. I've got a dirty, stinky, nasty, non-nat 20. I got a non-nat 20. Oh, both of you got a non-nat 20? Yeah. All right, yeah. cool. 17 plus 3, uh, baby. So both of you just instinctually are smart enough to grab like the clothy part of whatever armor you're wearing and put it over your nose in this split second, um, totally negating you from any of the damage that would have been taken from here. So congratulations. 
But could I say that he just attacked me? Why do you want me to say that? A hellish rebuke. He didn't... Can you hellish rebuke an attack, like a spell attack? It All it says is uh, if somebody attacks me within 30, 60 feet, I can use my reaction. Okay, well, sure. All right. You know, I'll play it that way. Fine. Yes, you can hellish rebuke him. Don't you have to roll the hit or does he just take damage? I point my finger and the creature takes damage. The it must dexterity saving throw. It makes a dex save. Okay. Dex save. Dex save or two d ten. Yeah, he got a six. You said this was a mushroom golem, right? Yeah. This is uh, this is fire damage. Is he vulnerable to fire damage? Sure, I'll take that. Oh fuck yes, dude! Big 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 brain. That's why I went for fire at the beginning. I was like, fuck, what's gonna hurt a mushroom? I was between acid and fire, but like. Mushrooms are hallucinogenic, so I don't think acid will do anything to them. So double what I rolled? What did you roll? I rolled 12. Okay, yes. 24. Okay. All right. Well, like I said, this I'm is... I'm like, ha bitch! This is, this is, this is just a, a fun play dungeon. This isn't really too much anything serious, so you kill him. Um, I, I'm out here testing my warlocks for shit. I've yeah, never played I just, just want to see how you guys are going to react to stuff. I'm not giving... Because I'm also thinking about time and how big this kind of... This, this session is going to be, so... Um, yeah, you uh, you go ahead and you go ahead and take that. We went through one whole round of combat. Congratulations, uh, Connor. You just like you it, it attacks you. You put your your like your quote unquote mask up or what you're using for a mask, and you just point your finger and with these just evil eyes, they just glow. And this is like this like I'm thinking like white flash almost like super anime style. <laughs> uh, and the golem just stops. And then just from its feet just starts to erupt in these hellish, just hot flames. And very quickly you can hear just... <laughs> as it just crumbles to the ground. Uh, and, and eventually all that's left is just the cap. Because uh, the cap didn't die. I want to I say... Uh, do say hello to my lord. Ooh, sexy. Uh, sweet. And it uh, lets you pass through the door should you want to. Can uh, What about the door the behind cap? us? How big is the cap? Probably about 15 feet. Oh. Shield? Jesus. No, you're not. No, this is not Dark Souls. Stop it. <laughs> this is the Havel shield. That is exactly no, what outward. I was Isn't it outward where you get the mushroom yeah, yeah, shield? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about the door behind us? What, what, do you, what do you think about that? Like, are, that door just hey, changed fear to not. a different door. We are destined for greatness. We do not look back. We walk forward with our heads held That high. isn't back now, though. That's a different door. That's backwards. Look, fucking, do you know if we going? wanted to go through that door, we wouldn't have killed this thing to get past it. He's got a point. I didn't kill it to get past it. I killed it because it was angry at me, <laughs> and it deserved to be put in its fucking place. Well, sir, you sound like you have issues. Yeah. <laughs> so I do. Are you guys going to the door behind the mushroom? Which door looks cooler? They're both exactly the same. Oh, fuck, dude. I got to flip a D2. Wait, why don't we split the party and one of us goes through each door? Okay, I'm going to tell you now, the door that leads backwards is sh- fucking jammed shut. Okay. Thank you. Yep. I We're checked that go door. Forward. Yep, cool. And we, go, and we go through the other yep. door. Yep, cool, cool. As if there were a million boulders on the other side of it. Just came out. You're not going to let us it's open funny. that door? It's crazy. Strength contest. Almost as if there was like an invisible wall there. You, you know what? Actually, I want to open that door in particular now. <laughs> you you want to know something crazy? It's the hallway that you came through. <gasps> No. The door itself was an illusion. 
doors are no, but seriously, if you want to, like, that, that, that's no. that's the case. No. So if you open the door behind you, it's the hallway you came through. Okay. See, yeah, you can't do this to us. We're like cats. We're going to, like, circle it and look at it and, like, sniff and back up when it doesn't move, but it scared us somehow. Out here smacking cucumbers. And fucking, they think they're snakes, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we continue on past the uh, mushroom golem. Sweet. The, uh, this next room it looks very, very similar to the one that you were just in fighting the mushroom golem, except it's not overgrown. This looks very tamed, as if everything, every plant here is supposed to be there. It was placed there. Like it was gardened? Correct. And it, it's got this path that kind of makes a cross in the center of the room. <clears throat> and it, this dirt path leads to three different altars. They're just kind of like small wooden altars that you would kneel in front of. Nothing on them particularly? Uh, do you want to, do you want to take a look at one? I want to turn it on. Yeah, I want to, I want to inspect these things thoroughly. So, Investigate. you can see that in the middle of this, it's kind of just like this flat wooden table, but in the very center, there is just this patch of soil. Like, it's not just dirt, it's this, like, fertile kind of potting soil. It's maybe six, seven inches in diameter the whole way around. Um, and it's the same way for all three altars. There is a, uh, very similar to the door that you just, you know, that you stuck your fucking whole hand into. Uh, there's a <laughs> golden, like, runic sign that reads, feast on one another's fears and frailties to pass. So that's on, like, the wall behind the altar. And on the uh, altar itself, kind of like on a, like a plate, like you would see on a park that's addressing like a bench or whatever, uh, it says, speak your weakness or terror. The one that says, feast on your weakness, right? So that's that's on, that's on behind all of the altars. So it's that's like on the wall behind the altar, and then on the altar itself, it says, speak your weakness or terror. So what I'm trying to get you to do here <clears throat> is uh, I want- Tell me your deepest fears. I want you to tell me your character's <laughs> worst fear. I know, and, and I then, have to think, hold and, on. Yeah. Fuck. It could be a concept, it could be a literal thing, it can be your mom, it doesn't matter. Ego death. No. <laughs> Can I go while it's on my head? Yeah, absolutely. Please do. Please, um, please do. So I, I wouldn't call it so much as a fear. Rorik doesn't really like fear like that. Death doesn't make him afraid. Like things don't scare him. But he does have a very, very strong insecurity. Oh. He, you know, he's magical. He is better, but he is still human. And he knows that. Like, there is part of him, like, I am in the same lot with the rest of these. And so he's going to cut his hand and let the blood fall on the soil. Jesus Christ, dude. All I wanted you to do was say it out loud. <laughs> it says speak it, not fucking do it. So your humanity, your, your inevitable death, even though you may not want to go kind of thing. I, I know that I have these grandiose ambitions and I am very capable, but at the end of the day, I still bleed red. I still have a heartbeat. I still have to eat, sleep, and breathe. You're still mortal. You're still yes. American. For now. <laughs> yeah, dude, you know how Swedish people just don't fucking eat things? It's weird. They don't bleed red? <laughs> <laughs> Who are Swedish people? Like the Twinkie cream. <laughs> um... Yeah, I think I came up with something. No, that's America. Americans bleed Twinkie cream. <laughs> <laughs> Americans Time. bleed fat. Yeah. <laughs> Literal Just Crisco. lard. Just Crisco. <laughs> Just fucking... <laughs> that's um, unpleasant to think about. Shrek walks up to one of the uh, altars, and uh, he just says, 
that all of this will be in vain. And I don't want to like say more of my character, but I'll explain. Uh, he he doesn't want everything that his God has done for him and that he's doing for his God to be a waste. To be a waste, and that he can't withhold the balance, and that chaos will. So what I'm take over the world. Uh, what I'm hearing is both of you are afraid of failure. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Not so, so much, Jared. You're failure, fucking. I don't care about failing is, anybody else. I care about failing my god. Right. I care about failing myself. You fucking loser. Right. Okay. 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 So, Jared, on your altar, after you like cut your hand and let it bleed a little bit, uh, you see the soil start to like churn and move. Um, and very quickly and very rapidly, you start to see like the 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 head of a mushroom kind of take take place. Um, but it very quickly changes from like the stereotypical shape of a mushroom, and it starts to begin to take the shape of like a gingerbread man, but very very distinctly a human man. And then before long, really just after a couple blinks, you've got a fully grown mushroom and just in the shape of a human man. And Connor. I think, okay, you see like, very, very much the same. The, the soil begins to churn and a very quick little pop of a tiny mushroom pops out uh, and it begins to take the shape of the glaive that you hold on your hip. Okay. Um, and we're supposed to eat each other's fears? Fears and frailties. I really feel like this is fucked up, but I start, I like go over to the, like, it's a mushroom, right? Both of these are just mushrooms. Edi- they just really look like... Yeah, they're just in the shape of things. They're like, you know them to be edible mushrooms. It's like mushrooms you'd find on a pizza. Yeah, I start nibbling on the human, I guess. I'm like, I just turn to him and I'm like, I guess this is what we're supposed to do. I don't, I'm not, I've never been good at riddles. Well, I mean, I, I knew people that boofed these in the academy, but... <laughs> Rorik, as Shrek is eating this mushroom, I want you to describe a memory to him that would kind of root itself in that fear. Like maybe a time that it happened, maybe uh, an example of the future of how it could happen, X, Y, Z. My father originally left me a sword. That was the only thing that he left me other than the lessons and the knowledge. This mushroom's really good, by the way. <laughs> and Keep going. I carried that sword. No, you're seeing this in your mind as you're oh, eating okay. this. Yeah. I thought he was just telling me a story no, while I'm he, eating no, a mushroom. Sorry, yeah, I guess maybe I didn't fucking make that super clear. Uh, just like eating popcorn. This, like what he's describing is kind of like happening to you as if you were in a movie or seeing it through his eyes more so. Okay. Continue. Sorry, Jared. Sorry, it was Jared. in the beginning of my career, and this was before I fought anyone that I wanted to. I was fighting bandits, and I was too weak. And they defeated me, and they took my father's sword, and they broke it in front of me, and left me with the remains in my chest. And I swore after that day I would not be the weak one, that I had lost the last thing of my family's legacy, and I have to rebuild all of it. And if I fail, nothing but dust and echoes, none of it will be remembered. All of it will be in vain. That was fucking beautiful, Jared. Jesus Christ. I want to say I like come to and I'm like eating the feet of it. Like, <laughs> I'm just done with it. And I'm like, what the fuck? What? Oh, wait. Where was it? <laughs> Where am I? Wait. 
was that you? Because I was like, I would never be beat by bandits. Do you say that in character? Yeah. Then I was. Then I want to be like. I mean, I kind of get it. I mean, not you losing. That sucks, but I get the conviction. Okay, your turn, asshole. And I eat his mushroom. <laughs> you just like out of spite, just like. <clears throat> it's a dark day. The the moon is red, or the the sun is setting and it's red, and everything is set with you, this moon, bloody. The moon could be red. I don't care. Say, make your peace, man. Build this. No, I want it me. to be the sun because okay. then it's brighter. Cool. The whole everything just looks like it's covered in a blanket of blood okay cool and um i'm sitting in my paladin uh i'm i'm does the underdark exist real quick before i say i was like there people sure why not okay. um uh i come from a paladin or i don't come from i don't really know where i come from but uh, we'll get there. there's just like this blood red shooting through these crevices in uh the top and it's like shining down and making this weird like blood red light kind of showing in different places on the water and on the city and you see uh, my paladin uh, temple like where we all lived and took care of our business and uh, there is fires Uh, paladins are up in arms attacking each other killing each other and uh I'm in the inner sanctum trying to hold back the uh, the doors with the, the two paladins that are still by my side. And uh, I'm taking the scabbard and I grab it and blackout doesn't see that because that's some godly shit. <laughs> but come back and everybody around me is dead. And I have no idea why. It's because everything had to fall to chaos. Hmm. So you find, so you you had never touched the glaive until that point. That's when I like my warlock abilities oh, were unlocked. Okay, were unlocked cool, cool, through cool. that. Like Asmodeus talked to me and like was like, "You're fucking up. Everybody's going to the side of chaos. I need you to fix this and come to life." All of the people that basically had just you went full avatar state went away like all of these paladins that had lost their way of lawfulness and tried to like after like my leader left went fucking crazy just i killed them without knowing mm-hmm. you just went to full blackout mode yeah do i see, do i see what happens during the blackout mode or does he not he, even he, actually I mean, actually See, I don't want to get too far into it because this is like session one and I don't want to make anything too canon yet. But you don't... You Okay, so you don't hear... Excuse me. Wow. You don't see anything, but you definitely hear Asmodeus if, talking Yeah, I was going to say, what if he just hears like, the whisper and the promise of Asmodeus? Yeah, and you hear this tempting, like very alluring, almost comforting voice that, that makes you feel powerful, that almost like makes your veins run hot and that you could do anything and that you could have anything and then you're you come to and your mushroom is done as well uh i want to say one thing when he does come to and everybody is left dead uh shrak is left there crying because that's the only family he, he ever, ever had. had he doesn't remember his childhood he was taken in as a paladin at least my mind is my own whole oh, that was the comeback we've been waiting for i have lived my life to share my mind with my lord 
what have you lived your life to do? You'll see. I haven't had 300 years or whatever to uh, accomplish that. I've had but I 20. didn't either. I've had but 20, and here we I are. I had a night. In the same room. I like... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a side note here. I like how you guys almost don't like each other. It's 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 like we don't like each other, but we know that like us fighting would just cause like a bigger problem, and we'd never be able to. It's better to work together, right? It's better to work together for now until later. No, but I like that because mittens and muffins were very much like, okay, let's work together. What are we going to do? Let's plan like. Let's you know everything was together. Our our, you know yeah. I like to think when shit hits the fan, we're going to agree on how to kill something. But like constantly our, bitch about RP wise, we're gonna be like fuck off, dude. <laughs> Look, we're, you were, we're not right. I'm the one who came up with the idea. We're like hunting buddies. All right, we can talk <laughs> about stuff and we like doing the same thing. But in our off time, fuck off. So, as you guys are kind of like talking about what just happened, the like the the wall in front of you begins to separate, like just as if it were just this big. I kind of do it with my hands, like this huge door. And, you know, the left goes left and the right goes right and begins to separate and reveals a, a pretty gigantic courtroom. And as you guys are walking in, you can see that immediately against the walls that uh, kind of just separated more or less, but, you know, further away, whatever. Um, you can see that there's a jury stand set up and then directly in front of you, you can see where, like, the crowd is. Like, you know, the, the congregation of the courtroom or whatever. Um, and then directly across from them, about 20 feet that way, is the judge's massive desk. And then right against that is the witness stand. Shrek just starts jiggle, like giggling, jiggling. He just, <laughs> come here, the jiggle. No, he, just, he starts giggling to himself. He's just like. <laughs> so you told us about the one tattoos. Uh, Do you have the other ones? Yeah, yeah. On my on my right arm are my tenants as a, as a paladin. Mm-hmm. And on my left are... Uh, I think I was saying to you guys, I don't think I said it on uh, recording, but I like to imagine Draconic is kind of like a Japanese where each word is a character. So like on my left are just three characters on a, on a scale and it's just judge, jury, executioner. So yeah, just a fun bit of, I wrote this dungeon forever ago and, or wrote this, I guess, beginning uh, forever ago and cr- they created these, these characters and it just kind of like fell perfectly. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, so you can see that instead of like people filling these pews and these chairs and stuff like that, they Mushrooms. are old, like they're old wooden mannequins, similar to what you found your armor on at the very beginning. But they have, like, this weird sense of, like, not sentience, but roboticism, almost animatronic style. Are they, like, the, the puppeteer ones? Yeah. Where it's, like, there's, like, a Joints joint. Joints and stuff like that, yeah. so they can kind of move a little freely. And they, cool. they, they, as you step in, they come to life. And the jury sits up very straight, and the crowd sits up very straight, and the judge kind of pops up from behind the desk. Um, and there's a little guard and whatnot. You know, imagine a courtroom. And... You can see that, like, in a couple blinks of an eye, they go from these weird wooden mannequins into people, right? And I'm not even going to make you roll for it. You can immediately tell that it's, like, illusionary magic. At least that's more so the sense of it, right? That's what's happening because wood just doesn't transform into people like that. Yeah, like flesh manifests itself in clothing. Right, and it's just like Disney magic or whatever, just kind of from the ground up kind of illuminates. Um and you can see very quickly that people are starting to like look at you guys and be like, what are, what are they doing? Why are they just standing there? They should be in the pews. Like, and you guys kind of get this sense like there's two empty chairs in the uh, like in the pews over by where the jury sits. Um, is the defendant it, like is the there's nobody there yet? Oh, okay. 
then yeah, we'll uh, I'll sit down in the pews. Cool. I kind of don't want to. Why don't you go sit in the? Why don't you go sit on the witness stand? What would your character rather? I don't want to. I don't want to. I kind of just want to like do my giggling and just like stand in the middle of the room, just in front of the judge, just like, (laughs) what the fuck do you want now? You know what? If if this is like, oh sorry, go go ahead. I mean, what were you gonna say? I was gonna, you know, talking to him, you know, say if this is like the previous room, I think I know how we get out of here, and I'd like to go sit. Like in in the box that like the witness or the accused would be sitting in. The judge, okay. The judge looks at you, Rorik, and he says, "What are you doing?" That's that's too much. Like the first guy he says, "What are you doing?" Oh, I'll find it. He says, "Lads, I uh, I need you to go over there in the pews where the jury sits. You're not on trial today. I need you to, you know, be the." You know, judges, kind of, like me. Um, I go he says, go sit down! Very angrily. Yeah, no. No? Oh, goodness me. Come at me, bitch. <laughs> I ain't doing your judge jury shit. I, I am... Wait, it's literally tattooed on your arm and you're not going to do yeah. it. That's why I was like, I thought this was going to be <laughs> I don't need their help. I'm doing it myself. I will go and sit. only one man can judge me. Or not really man. I want to get out of here. You're not being judged. You are judging. Can I execute? Yes. But, okay. Can I, do, I, do I have to still sit with them? I would prefer it. You could stand by there. That's okay, fine. I'll stand. I don't okay, want to sit. That's fine. All right. I've been sitting. The judge collects. I don't even know how long I was in that room. Okay. The judge collects himself a little bit, and he says, kind of taps his mallet to get the the crowd to crush up. And he says, these matters are to be judged fairly and unbiased to either party. Agreed? And he looks at you two. Like, and and, and nobody else, but he looks at you two. Agreed. Finger gun. Finger gun. (laughs) You can see that the, I don't even know if I, so I'm going to give a fair warning now. I know absolutely zero legalese or courtroom talk or anything. So I just put words on a page and I hope they make sense. If they don't, I'm so sorry, but there's words like prosecutor and defender and like stuff. And I think I use them correctly. (laughs) I might have to put you on blast. You should have run this by me before we did this. So we're going to try. I really tried. I'm sorry. So here we go. He went out of his comfort zone. I really did. I've never done anything. The prosecutor steps forth and tells the story of how. Oh, and by the way, there is now a like. I didn't fucking. There's like a uh, a white haired man that kind of looks really frazzled and kind of like out of this uh, out of his head a little bit. Not necessarily like straight jacket crazy, but like Like Doc Brown. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> you, you fucking got me. You got the dude. You're gonna you I call like Jared. Immediately yeah, you got called, it. You call Jared's all Jared's references. You're gonna call all of my references. Connor's just the pop culture guru. Hey man. And he explains of how the man is being uh, a man on trial is being held for robbing a bank. This man hurt no one, and as soon as he seized the money, he promptly promptly donated it to the orphanages around the area to help the kids in need. The bank, now penniless, cannot afford to give out any money and therefore has put a complete halt on the local markets, giving no one the ability to trade for a month. How should he be tried? Imprisonment? Asylum? Fine? Life? Or service? So he stole money and gave it to an orphanage? Mm -hmm. But because of that, the bank could not afford to give out the money to the local market and seized trading. So nobody could get goods. Nobody could get 
you know, roughly anything and thus hiked the prices up and caused a huge. And what are the options that we're, we've been given? Imprisonment, asylum, fine, life, which is to kill him, or service. Like trade his life. Uh, I'm thinking either service or life. How long is service? Uh, life. That's what I'm imagining. Uh, yeah, anywhere from, I guess, like life. You could say service would be life. He becomes an indentured servant. Like uh, either a life in prison or you take his life outright. <clears throat> so wait. How fucking lawful are you guys? So I'm wait, testing you, that. You said in prison or, you know, kill, but what, what's the service option then? Service would be like community service, guard service. Like basically you become the, like the town janitor is what I was thinking. Um, but for life? For a certain set amount of hours. Oh, then... Like 1,000, 2,000 hours for a couple of years. It's not for life. I'd oh. say a fine, and he has to do service. Service. He must learn work. He didn't he do anything worth dying. I mean... He just stole some money. He just stole money, and it fucked up a little bit of like... So you said service? Yeah. Do you agree? Yes. Okay. The judge uh, looks back to the crowd, and he says... Uh, I don't know how many hours is a lot. And like I said, I don't know anything about courtroom, but for my magical, he says 2,000 hours. So that could maybe equate to a couple well, years. Well, how much money did he steal? I can tell you. <laughs> I've served hours look, of look, community look, service. Let's say he stole a good like 100,000 gold and went and donated it and made like these fucking or- orphanages popping, bro. These kids got new shoes everywhere. Oh, yeah. He'd probably have like a, like a good thousand. I was, I'm going to say 2,000 hours. Yeah. 2,000 hours of, uh, of service to the local towns. And he clacks his hammer uh the hammer jesus the gavel twice and you can see that the magic around the manigans kind of it, it like it, like i hate fucking using this word but like you know like it swirls and shifts and like you know kind of creates this smoky illusionary effect and you can see that it's a kind of completely different group of people now like their clothing has changed their demeanors kind of changed maybe this one's a little bit more rowdy or quiet than the last one and uh the uh, judge clacks his gavel to you know silence silence and once again the prosecutor steps forward and this time he describes the woman on trial as a vicious killer she is on trial for the murder of her disabled child unable to walk or hear correctly she is assumed to be embarrassed by her child and therefore killed him However, through her sobbing story, the woman recalls her love for the child and how she wanted nothing more for him than for him to feel happy and free. A recent accident had left the child unable to see on top of everything else and left him depressed and unwilling to go on with his life. He asked his mother to kill him and to set him free. How should she be tried? Uh, She should be put in a hole. Imprisonment, asylum... Fine, life, or service. We can say imprisonment would be the brig, yeah. if you want. <laughs> that one's not worth death. She, that one needs to sit and think about your chaotic actions. Okay, Jared. She should be free. This is exactly what I wanted to hear. <laughs> Why? She did him a kindness by saving him from a life damned to weakness. He would not be able to be strong on his own, and that in itself is an unending torment. To be subject to others for your entire life. To be unable to stand on your own. That's a prison that he carried with him. That doesn't mean that, uh, that, th- that's just chaos. That's just pure chaos of killing your child because it, you don't think that it's going to have a fulfilling life when it's a child. They didn't have to be like a fighter. They could have been a banker. They could have done anything. Without yeah. seeing. Yeah. Without fucking look at Helen Keller. 
I mean, I'm just speaking. I, I'm, I, I think, dude, and I that's think, like, I, dude, trigger warning for a lot of people. Like, I'm trying. I'm, I'm gonna. We're gonna get under some skin here. It's fine. Yeah, I think. I think she did something that was purely chaotic. That just wanted her life to be better, so that she didn't have to deal with this disabled child. So she doesn't really deserve anything but either death or being put in a prison. In Dude, my opinion, we're in like medieval era. That, so, that was kind of a kindness. Uh, okay, so I can see that you guys are not. We're not. Come to, no. We're in a fantasy world that might have child custody laws. <laughs> I can so see. That shut the fuck up, not, Jared. We're not gonna. We're not gonna come to an agreement here, and that's 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 <laughs> that's actually better than I think coming to a, uh, to an agreement. Is. Um, we, we can say that the uh, the whatever we're just gonna move. We're past just it. bickering at each other at this point. Yeah, we've got a hung jury. Okay. We'll, we'll move past it. It's fine. No, that's I more or less want your answers and how your characters view the world, obviously. And one more time, the magic swirls and the, uh, changes, and another group of people appears. Uh, and like for a second, you can kind of see the mannequins between like these swirling things. It's pretty fucking wild. This next uh, prosecutor describes the man on trial as a mad doctor. This man had six patients in his room and one of which is the mayor of their town, okay? We're going to get into a math problem here. Five of these people needed transplants, but there were no organs available. There was nothing available. Not a single person was going to get, you know, the surgery they needed. The mayor needed some med- just needed some medicine. He was just a little sick with a cold, but he needed that medicine urgently. But letting the mayor die would help all other five patients, for he had every single organ that they needed. And without remorse for his town, he let the mayor die and saved the five patients. How should he be tried? Hmm. Asylum, fine, life, or service, or freedom. I'll put that one on there because you guys wanted it last time. Um, life. Life. He is not... <laughs> Unanimous. He is, he is not... God. He cannot decide who lives and who dies. He can only help and to let somebody die just to help the other people is just just as against the code. It's just against the code. Yeah, it's, that's that's even more fucked up. I mean, honestly. Okay, well, that was unanimous. That he could have gone out of his way to like. Could have gone out of his way to send a a nurse to another town to find transplants or something, but instead he just let his mayor die, which again just sounds like he wanted the mayor to be dead. Yeah, he he chose the life of the sword, but dishonorably. He killed him the same as if he had stabbed him, but not from a position of strength, from a moment of weakness. All right. The judge looks back at the crowd, and he clacks his gravel twice, and he looks over at you, Shrek. And he says, life. And he looks back to the uh, the doctor, who is now in front of the uh, judge's podium, his, his desk, uh, in front of the, the crowd of people with his hands and legs bound, kind of like in a kneeling position. He's bound. Yeah. I want to walk up and I want to take my sword. I want to shove it through his gut and I would just want to slice sideways and I want to walk away and I want to lean into his ear and I want to be like, does it feel the same? As, as this moment kind of like hits its peak and as you're, as you're walking away, Jared, are you still sitting down? Yes. Okay. You, the, the, the both of you kind of, not kind of that you feel the ground beneath you just flat out disappear as if it was never there to begin with and the only thing that falls is y'all two and there's not even this really like this sensation of falling like there's not air hitting you you're not like really moving anywhere it's more so the room is kind of going up 
and the next room is kind of coming up to meet you as if it were like an elevator. Hmm. And like you guys are staying in the same spot. Sick. Check out our new ethereal floors <laughs> down at Kmart. And you guys are placed <laughs> in front of this very large, very complex looking vault door. It's got like these watch like uh, uh, gears on it. And you can see that there's like nine different points of like ways to get it to click. And there's like 15 different like number codes that you have to figure out. And, you know, it's just this with the hardest looking fucking puzzle you've ever seen in your entire life. Um, and you just you have both of you just are filled with this urge, this burning, fiery hot of we have to get through it. Because the rest of the room is just concrete blocks. I would like to put my hands on the door. Back up. Uh, I, I would like to kind of like shoo you away. I, I want to say something first. Um, I still have more to go, but I want the, I want the second to happen. Uh, don't you think this is kind of odd? We've been brought here not knowing where we came from. The investigators talking to us about how do we get through that door. That door was so amazing. And now we're suddenly put in front of this door. Well, we must well, get through it. This just seems like some sort of trap to me. It does feel odd. And I start backing up. I'm like, do I don't whatever see you another need to way do. out. Uh, so, Connor, 15 feet. As you back up, you feel the shoulders of another person. And you turn around to see three other people turn around and as if you guys have just kind of like backed up into this the same moment together like you that you didn't know what happened but these three individuals are dressed in these leather armors and they're they bear weapons and things like that and they look mercenary-esque and you can kind of see them go through the same kind of mind motion that you did uh and like why am i here who are these people but they kind of make two and two really quick and they draw their weapons Jared, you still you're still kind of filled with this like I, I know it's hard, but I have to find a way to get through this. A door of this size, a lesser man would have to pick. For the designers knew that upon seeing this door, no one would think they can get through it. And I'd like to put my hands on this door, and with Connor at least fifteen feet back, I'd like to pop my second sp uh, big spell slot, and I'd, li I'd like to cast Thunder Wave. Okay, all right. You know what? I f I like I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Okay, okay. So this door <laughs> does weigh a couple tons, right? Yeah, I don't know. If it's so gonna work like what that. I think actually, what I think of just so I can see this through in the same way that I wanted what it to. What if he like hits a tumbler into place, so now he doesn't do have to do one of the picking that he had to do? Okay, actually, yeah. I'm, I'm just throwing that, that that's, out there. I, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, you you hit it, and the, the electricity going through... It's thunder, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's you, just you, you just kind of, like, slam your hand against it. I am slamming maintenance. And you, you hit it just right in the way that it vibrates, and you can see that the first, like, really big cogwheel, and then, like, a couple of the other ones up top just kind of, like... like shimmy into place they just, yeah are forced into place they don't want to at first but then just by the force of it all they're just kind of like slammed in there uh and there's a there's a sizable dent the size of your hand in there as well uh but you have just made it easier to get through the door should you want to try and get through it i'll say that um i am not strong enough yet uh and connor um I'm gonna. We're gonna go ahead and do a light initiative i'm just gonna kind of do a turn-based thing Before then we all do then that, all could then i roll for intimidation yeah, absolutely. And just be like, if you don't want uh, 
what just happened to that door to happen to all of your fucking faces, I'd lay your weapons down now. Okay, you know, with their with their like hint of amnesia or whatever you want to call I, it. I themselves. didn't think it was going to do anything, but I want to. No, 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 no. Oh, no what I'm saying is that's going to give you advantage. Oh, it's going to give me advantage. Yeah, they can hear that thunder wave from 300 feet away, so it's loud in here. It, like they felt they, that in their they, chest. They heard that, and then that's you not even looking back and being like, "This is my swamp." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shrek just was like, "This is my swamp." <laughs> I got a 19 on the first roll. Okay, so just rolling for a twenty. You can three. You can see that all three of these individuals are kind of like standing in like a, pretty much a line, almost a semicircle, kind of like uh, around you. Uh, they all begin to take steps back, but as soon as their backs kind of hit the wall that the, the concrete blocks, right? You th- this the same kind of magical swirls that were happening in the courtroom up up there, but a lot faster and a lot more like I don't know much more like how the hooded figure came out of the black smoke in the very first room just instantaneously you are met with three mirror images of yourself so these dudes back off but i'm met with mirror images they, of myself they as soon as they hit the wall they kind of like transform with so they're still like this, they still backed up a bit correct yeah okay. we'll say they're like 6 or 7 feet away from you uh i want to use how far away are they? 15 feet? 30? They're like them to, to you? To me. Yeah, like seven, eight, almost Okay, 10. and they're all like right next to each they're other all up kind against of the like, wall? Like, yeah. Uh, I want to use my breath weapon, which is a 15-foot cone. Should hit all of them. Should hit all of them. Uh, and I rolled 1d10 force damage. Blast. Each creature in the area must make a dexterity saving throw Eight plus. Hey Connor, what's your dex? My dex. Mm-hmm. My dex is a plus two. No, they make a dexterity saving throw, which is no, eight I plus know. my constitution. No, I, I know they have to be that DC, but they're you right now. Oh, they're me right now. Okay. Uh, eight plus. Uh, a t- an eight, a twelve, and a thirteen. Uh, meets beats right. The highest was a thirteen. Okay, the other two fail, but uh, the one that passes still takes. We'll say the one in the middle. They're me though, right? Yeah. Well, so they're. I'm not gonna say their damage resistances. Are yeah, I was about to I'm say gonna, you gonna, whore. I just wanted to to have fun with the decks because I didn't have stats written out for the mannequins. One of them takes five. The other one takes ten. So the one in the middle, uh, kind of closes his eyes and flinches with the 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 force of it all. Um, and you can see that the other two, like side by side of him, the they begin to crumble. Like the the pieces of the mannequin become to come back into fruition and the magic dissipates and you can see that there's just a pile of wood on the ground where those things sat. Uh, and will you make a dexterity saving throw as the middle dragon tries to make a force attack on you? Uh, if it's the same DC and shit like that, mm-hmm. I failed. Okay. Yeah, it was the same DC and everything. So take 1d10 force damage and that is a fucking 1. So I don't take any damage. So you don't take any damage. <laughs> it just like rushes past you and you're just like, nice try, pussy. Jared, will you roll me <laughs> I'm just like, five fucking cute. D10. Roll you what? Five D10. You're trying to go through this door, right? I was going, since I'm out of spells and he does force damage with pushing on his Eldritch Blast. Will you just attempt the door for me? Yes. Just try it. Just try. I built I mean, this I was whole thing say, for we, it. We can, we can slap out. I'm still like 15 feet. I, away I was from gonna this slap dude. out, but I'll roll a d10 so that he he it's, gets it's, this. It's just roll roll five d10. I didn't know what you guys were gonna be, but the first one's a seven. The second one's a six. We're up to thirteen. The third one's a six. We're up to nineteen. The fourth one's a three. We're up to twenty-two. 
And the fifth one is a six, so that's going to be 28. Nice. So you're, as Connor's, like, just, I guess, having a screaming match with his mirror selves. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, fuck you! And, like, force is blowing out of my mouth. And he's like, no, fuck you! And I'm like, oh, pussy shit. <laughs> Unrelenting force, like, literally. I gotta stop with all <gasps> these. <laughs> uh, you're, you, you can, like, feel the, the force, like, the back end kind of coming and pushing against you, creating this wind against your, like, armor and stuff. And you... You don't know how, but there's a sense of familiarity with these gears, and you don't you don't know what you're doing. You don't have any clue what you're doing, but you have this muscle memory like you do. So you you go to jiggle something and it doesn't move, and your hand just naturally moves up to like the second from the left gear, and you know that you like your hand just automatically turns that one left, and then it goes down to the other one, and your your hands almost know this pattern before you do. And then he, you, like muscle memories. Yeah, it. you and you get to the point where you know you hit the gears where your hand hit and you know to skip over that one but you need to go back to this one and the whole time this fight has kind of gone on you've managed to open this door you hear a giant just and the door begins to swing open and connor the last dragon i guess falls to a mannequin he doesn't as just well. fall i eldritch blast him make me feel cool okay fine you get one more eldritch <laughs> blast and just like fucking obliterate him i don't even want to roll for it i just want to feel cool it's fine yeah it's fine so Your once fucking force is shit, bitch. The, the squeaking of the vault door fills the room and almost shakes your bones. But once it's open, you can see that there are two golden coins sitting on a metal table in the middle of this like 15 by 15 foot vault. Uh, and that's it. It's just barren walls, barren everything. But there Before are, I touch it, divine sense again? Does it feel... This one, there? it's not a good and evil thing. It's like a lack thereof? This is what it, this has all been for. Flat, like, this is what this has all been for, kind of is the, the feeling you're getting. I'd like to take my coin, flip it. Wait, 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 wait. Catch. I don't want to explain it. Oh, okay. Well, you can do that. That's cool. Like, that's exactly how I wanted you to do that, that shit. But I want to explain to you what's on the coin first. So you guys uh, walk into the vault and see that there's just two, just two coins. One for each of you. And you can see that there are your names engraved at the top of them. That's how there's one for each of you. And on the bottom half of, like, you on the top, kind of around the semicircle, you can see that there's Shrek and... Uh, Rorik. And on the bottom, you can see that there are four letters. T-W-H-T. T on both of them? Yes. T-W-H-T? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, no, I need to write it down! And uh, in the middle of the coin, kind of where the picture is, uh, is uh, for each of you, Connor, you have uh, Asmodeus like, with his glaive and like screaming. Uh, very intimidating. And Jared, you have your family's crest, very nice and polished and very, very detailed, even down to the like the micrometer. And that's that's going to be the history skill that's representing because that's like my highest <laughs> and it ties in. The back of the coin, Jared, like whenever you flip it up in the air, you can see that on the, on the back there's an engraving as well. And it's a picture of a grand building in the background of an arch. And on that arch, it's kind of like one of those old metal ones that has the names on it. Uh, you can see it has the same letters as the coin kind of punched out in the, the iron. T-W-H-T. And both of you kind of stop 
and seeing this picture sends your head absolutely spinning and it just puts this nasty like tinnitus ringing in your ears and it gets louder and louder and louder and so loud in fact that you pretty much have to clasp your hands over your ears uh, to try and protect yourself. It feels like it's going to blow your brain up and then it just stops and when when you kind of come to and re-realize that you know, you're not about to die in a weird nuclear blast or whatever. <clears throat> you see that you're laying down in a dentist chair is the best way I can describe it. Almost like an operating table restrained by your hands and feet, both of you respectively, side by side. Um, look around the room. Uh, yeah, as the room stops spinning, you can see that you're in this weird, like almost office of sorts. Uh, almost like I think of like a, a therapy room. There's bookshelves and books and like a nice rug, some maybe like, you know, cool, chill vibes, some posters on the wall or whatever. So how does that make you feel? <clears throat> we have really got to stop meeting like this. There is a, a rather <laughs> large desk that sits kind of like opposite of where you guys against the back of the room. And you can see two men sitting some feet away from uh, the foot of your beds, kind of like towards that desk. And one of them is an older man. His hair is really... Uh, really white, like almost bleach, bleach white, uh, but it's still thick, right? And you can see that he's wearing a gray robe and like gray slippers. He has this weird like distance look in his eyes as he's talking to this other man. And this other man, speaking of, bears a very, very striking resemblance to the sergeant of the police that you spoke to at the very beginning. He is the one who notices you guys wake up, as a matter of fact, and he taps on the elder man's knee, who seems to be lost in thought, uh, and who leaps out of his chair and with excitement exclaims, mm, Yes, I told you they could do it, Kip! <laughs> he laughs a little maniacally um, as you feel the restraints just give way, letting you loose. The man looks at you uh, and as he kind of rushes over to the uh, foot of the bed, um, as you guys kind of begin to remember what's going on. You remember that you were put under as a test. It was a test to join those who have talent. A group in the world that leads the fight against the host, and they only recruit the strongest warriors. This concoction of peculiarity is what Mr. Schmidt, the white-haired man, had called it. It's the first step into the initiation, and all you had to do was receive a coin. However, it would test your abilities both mentally and physically to prove your worth. Mr. Schmidt looks at the coin and your hands. He says, Welcome to those who have talent. I want to say a huge thank you to Jason Shaw over at Audionautics.com for all of the music pretty much that I use throughout this podcast to create the ambiance. Uh, dude, seriously, thank you. You're fucking awesome. Without you, I wouldn't have anywhere near anything to, to, to make this shit as cool as it sounds. So thank you. All of the cool sword hits and arrow misses and Foley stuff you hear, I get from freesound.org or zapsplat.com. I want to say thank you to everyone who has listened to the very first installment of the Century of Idiosyncrasy. And it's only going to get up from here, go up from here, I should say. I'm really, really, really excited to get into what I got going on and what kind of weird shit I can throw the uh, these guys' way. So, without further ado, I guess I will, or we will, see you in two weeks' time with Chateau. Thank you guys for tuning in. Bye.